The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. Glad to be back with you again today for another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg. My sponsor is SSI Guardian, and I'm here in Denver, Colorado, and streaming around the world online and from your smartphone apps. And you can go to drpegradio.com to listen online for the program archives and for information about our sponsor, my books, and any of my upcoming retreats webinars, and workshops. And if you have students who are preparing to graduate from high school or college, may I suggest you get them signed copies of my books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog. Both provide helpful guidance and inspiration for the graduate who's at the beginning of their new and exciting journey. Just go to drpegradio.com and click on Books. And perhaps you're the one graduating Or maybe you're changing careers or you just lost your job or maybe you've recently retired and you're just not sure what's next. Or perhaps you need some clarity regarding the call on your life or why you've been stuck in a perpetual cycle of counterproductive behavior. And if that sounds like you, you can register now for my Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat coming up on Saturday, June 17th in Denver. In this full-day VIP small group experience, you'll enjoy a time of refreshment, personal reflection, and strategic planning. And together, we'll explore where you are, where you want to go, and identify what's holding you back. And I'll also help you to develop an individualized plan to accelerate your personal transformation and help you spring into your new season. And we're in a newly remodeled location, which I just think is fabulous. I love it. It's serene and inviting. The space is limited, so go to drpegradio.com and click on Retreat to register now for the June 17th retreat or to schedule a clarity call to see how I can help you do something different for a change. And if you'd like to be a blessing and sponsor someone with limited resources to attend the retreat, please contact me at drpegradio.com. Well, listeners, stay close to your radio, computer, or smartphone because my guest today is going to share information that could save your life in an emergency. Carolyn Bloom is the Emergency Management Coordinator for Community Preparedness in Denver's Office of Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Carolyn Bloom, thanks for being here in the studio with me today, and welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Peg. Well, we met um, quite a few years ago at a a couple-of-day training that uh, you were facilitating, which um, was just an amazing experience, and we'll talk more about that uh, community emergency response training, Denver CERT, that I participated in. We'll get to that in a later segment. But it's really good to see you again after all these years. It is so good to see you, too. Yeah, and thanks for being available. I know you're busy with all uh, the work that you do. Uh, Tell the listeners uh, more about emergency preparedness and why it's important for, for all of us when we're at home, when we're at work, when we're in the community. Well, 
on the emergency preparedness um, arena, we need to make sure that everyone has the capability of taking care of themselves for at least 72 hours. Mm. My suggestion is to take care of yourself for seven days because when a major event happens, we um, actually, it's very difficult for all the government agencies to get to every neighborhood. Mm. And when you talk about the CERT program, the Denver CERT program, we ask people to make sure that they take care of themselves, their families, their neighborhoods. And then in a lot of situations, we like to ask them to take care of their congregation. Mm -hmm. Because like in the fire in Black Forest, um, we had six churches and all of them were helping taking care of their congregation, which relieve some of the pressure on the government in order to try to take care of everyone. Yeah, and that's what the body of Christ should be doing anyway, is um, providing for the needs of those uh, in, in our communities. Uh, so that's that's a great way to look at it. And we'll talk more about that 72-hour um, preparedness and um, extending it, being able to extend it to seven days as needed. Now, what types of emergencies should individuals and families be uh, concerned about, especially now that it's spring and going into summer? Well, during the spring and summertime, we have um, the thunderstorms that come up. And with those thunderstorms, we have um, flash flooding. It does not have to rain in Denver for us to have flash flooding. Mm. And what we try to do is keep people out of the, the walkways in Cherry Creek, and that way they won't get swept away mm. if the waters start rising very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we're one of the largest um, places in the United States that actually get lightning strikes. And we have people who are, um, during those thunderstorms, you have to stay out from underneath the trees, mm-hmm. try to go inside where it's safe. We also have tornadoes during this time of year. And the further you get away from the mountains, the foothills, the the more um, chances are that you're going to see or have a tornado right next to you. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we ask you to identify the locations within your house or within um, within your workplace of where you can stay, why that tornado is winding up and damaging things. Mm -hmm. Back in the Windsor tornado, we had 200 over 200 buildings that were damaged. Mm. We had people that could not go home um, that evening because their house was unsafe. So then we got to take it and look at the planning that we need to make the plans of where we're going to go, what we're going to do. Another thing we have in Colorado is the the threat of fire. Um, I was evacuated from the Black Forest Fire Mm. because that's where I live down there. And um, when you're evacuated and you have a plan it makes things easier. I have a I have two sixty pound poodles. <laughs> Where am I going to go with two sixty pound poodles? Yeah. And so, my first option was to go to a friend's mind house. She was evacuated before I was. Yeah. So now I have to go to Plan B. So it's good to make plans of more than one plan at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so you raise uh, some important issues and we'll go more into depth in terms of that disaster plan and, and providing for our pets, for example. We've mm-hmm. got to think that through. It's hard enough to go on vacation and find a place for your tiny toy poodle, let alone two big 60-pound poodles. So right. at, at the last minute in an emergency is not the time to first be thinking about those issues, is it? 
Right. <laughs> and what we do is we like to tell everybody, um, pass the business card before the disaster happens instead of during it because we don't know who you are. Mm. Um, and we have to be able to trust each other. And how we build that trust is to build the relationships. Yeah, yeah. And so um, part of our emergency preparedness is to even just know who our neighbors are, mm-hmm. it's who we may actually have to call upon um, in an emergency. Uh, and again, saying hello and introducing yourself for the very first time when you're floating away in a flood is probably not the best time to try to get help from a neighbor. No, and it's, it's not. And um, so knowing your neighbors, if you happen to be at work, um, for the for the fire, my evacuation came in order at one thirty seven in the afternoon. Mm. Start and thinking about home. <laughs> where you are. Yeah. Um, so we made a plan with our neighbors to take our dogs, mm. to take our our pets, because either that I'm going to get them, <laughs> yeah. and that's when people die. We yeah. need to make sure that we make those plans. Yeah, and you'll talk to us about specifically the things to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk. Uh, finish talking about weather first uh, before we talk about those plans. Uh, I hear the weather alerts on the radio, on television, even the sirens. Talk about how those work and what they actually mean. Well, they're coming directly from the National Weather Service, and they're warning us that we need to take shelter mm-hmm. from a, from a um, event that's happening is in the in the weather one of the things that people do is when they get their new cell phones and they turn off that amber alert mm. well if you turn off that amber alert we can't get a hold of you in an emergency to tell you to shelter in place so it's very very important that we make sure that we keep our alert systems mm-hmm. on when we hear the uh the sirens going off we need to make sure that we um Take aware of those sirens and go inside into a safe place and identify what is a safe place in your in your building. Um, we are having a um, weather siren alert on May 10th, mm-hmm. <laughs> on May 10th at, at 11 o'clock, and um, it will last one minute in the city and county of Denver. We do have other cities that have them, and we get calls from other um, county jurisdictions from inside Denver um, saying, is our alarm going off or is that Aurora? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it's going off and you can hear it, it means that you need to go <laughs> into a safe place. Okay. So it doesn't matter which county or, or jurisdiction is setting the alarm. If it's close enough for you to hear it, probably it can affect you. Exactly. Yeah. And if you are inside and not outside when, and you don't hear the alarm, that's a good thing mm. um, because you are in a safe place with that alarm going off because your cell phone's going to alert you and then the sirens are going to go off. And so you've already taken those pers- mm-hmm. those measures to be right. inside. And so that really is what that means when we hear that siren, when it's not a test and it's a, the real thing, it just means take shelter indoors. Yes. Okay. And when it's not a test, it will be three minutes long. Mm. And then it will have a re- it will have a quiet time, and then it will alert you again. Okay. Um, so, ours on the tenth will only be um, one minute long. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that heads up. <laughs> so let's talk now about this disaster plan. 
um, in the event of um, um, weather. And we talked about some of the spring and summer hazards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, what are some of the other hazards that we'll need a dis- disaster plan for in other seasons? Because this program um, is airing um, over the radio airwaves, the Internet. But it's also available as a podcast on demand at mm-hmm. my website, drpegradio.com. So someone could be listening to this in the middle of winter, and we're just talking about summer and spring. So what are some of the other um, types of hazards that are weather-related or otherwise? And then then we'll talk about, well, what kind of plan do we need to have in place and how do we go about developing that plan? One of the uh, big events here in Colorado is snow. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people who are aging in place and people who with disabilities. And we need to be those snow angels and go out mm-hmm. and help them make sure that they're okay, make sure they have plenty of food. Shovel their walkway. Be that snow angel. Don't ask because generally speaking, they'll say, no, 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 I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know. Um, I did, when I got here from Florida, um, I did not know that I was supposed to prepare for a blizzard like I did a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I didn't have any food in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but when you're here and it's and it's snowing and when you know that we're going to get more than six inches of snow in a a 12-hour period try to stay home because the more people who get out in that snow the more that we have to to rescue Mm -hmm. and it makes it very taxing on all of the services Um, one of the things that the churches can do during that particular time if we have power outages at the same time could they have a warming place mm. for the folks mm-hmm. um, because a lot, some of the people have their um, electric heaters mm. and they can't get to warmth. Yeah. So that's one of the things that the, the churches can do for the community. Mm-hmm. So uh, winter storms, flash floods, fires, um, all the things you already talked about, hail, tornadoes, mm-hmm. those would be the kinds of hazards that we need to have a disaster plan in place for. Uh, So what exactly should be included in our plan? We talked already about um, making a plan for our pets, Mm -hmm. um, but what else should we uh, take into consideration? Well, one of the things we, we need to stay fed. Um, Mm. We need to have food Mm -hmm. and we need to have it in our car and things like that. One of the things that we do when we train our, in our classes for the community emergency response training is that we teach on an all hazard basis so if you need a cereal bar when you're in the car because of a flood, a road's washed out and you can't get to the other side, you need a cereal bar in the car if it's snowing or if it's um, traffic is not moving mm-hmm. <laughs> because of an accident and they shut down the highway and you're stuck there for four or five hours. So there's there's a lot of, a lot of the different um, disasters or hazards that we have can be uh, all done exactly the same mm-hmm. way gotcha. um, in order for preparedness. Mm-hmm. Listeners, um, you're hearing the voice of Carolyn Bloom with Denver's uh, Office of Emergency Management and Homeland Security. And we're talking about uh, your disaster plan in the event of any hazard, an all-hazards approach, being prepared for anything, um, you need to have a disaster plan. Um when we're home with our families, how important is it to involve our, our family in the disaster plan so that they know what to do? So say we're, we're, we need to be evacuated. What do we need to review with our family and plan in advance? 
Well, one, some of the things that you need to do is that have you, we have fire drills all the time mm-hmm. in commercial buildings and in at schools. We very rarely have them at home. Mm-hmm. And every time my mother comes and visits, I make her do a fire drill mm-hmm. in my house wow. because she doesn't know my home. Yeah. But we also do fire drills about once a year when you change the um, the clock. Yeah. We do a fire drill. We check the fire um, lights, the fire smoke detector. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The smoke detector um, in the house at that particular time. And if a house burns down, just with one home burning down, that's that family's disaster. Mm-hmm. And they may need some spiritual care. They mean, may need some um, critical incident um, debriefing is mm-hmm. what we call it. So the professionals will get a debriefing, but we need to care for the people who are generally affected by those fires. Yeah, that's a great point, Carolyn, that um, kind of the scope of the show is a, a disaster in a community, and specifically we're here in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, and you're, you represent Denver, uh, but this is relevant to any community, anyone listening across the country online or through the podcast. Uh, but again, reminding us that anything, any tragedy that strikes any individual or family is also a disaster. And to think in those terms, what's the wider scale kind of community mm-hmm. uh, disaster that's possible? But what could happen to just my home or my family that I'd need to be prepared for? Mm-hmm. Um, so you recommend on on the um, uh, emergency management uh, website for Denver um, that your family needs to have a plan for what to do in each kind of hazardous situation. And what's really important is is a place to meet up mm-hmm. um, and, and always have a plan B because the one place that you might have planned and agreed upon and talked about with your family might not be available. Mm-hmm. And you give the example of you were at work when um, your home needed to be evacuated. Well, you, you might have had a plan for if you were at home, but what's your plan B for even when you're at home or you're not at home? What are some of those variations? So what what other things do we need to be thinking about? Well, the communications, when we had our little party downtown for the Super Bowl, we had over a million people downtown, and our communications dropped. So you need to make sure that you have a plan that doesn't take communications Mm. from cell phones. Most people don't have landlines anymore. All of their their phones are are in their pockets all the time. Mm -hmm. So if that particular device goes down you don't have a communication plan so you need to develop the communication plan identify where you're going to go make that plan b to the secondary if you can get to a phone have a common person that you can call that is either out of the area or it's aunt mary who's in boulder when you live in denver Mm -hmm. um, or colorado springs whatever and be able to Call and give them the information that you're okay. Then the other parties in your in your family can call that same individual. And by the calling information brings up an interesting, um, interesting thought too, because all of our phone numbers are in our phone. Mm-hmm. The only it, we have hundreds of phone numbers, but I only have three to memory anymore because you just look it up, push yeah. a button, and off it goes. Yeah. So um, having that communications with the different people that are on your list in your phone, in your phone book, mm-hmm. um, you might want to print that out once a year or go through it once a year. Um, but having a location during the um, marathon, 
in Boston Marathon. Boston, Boston Marathon. There was a group of people who were together, and they had made a plan that if they got separated, they would meet at this coffee shop two mm. and a half blocks away. Yeah. And they actually had to use that plan from the festival to meet at the coffee shop. All of them met there. They were all fine. They were all doing great. And they got to go home without a whole lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's even in a, an event like that, or in a mall, when we take our kids to the mall, how, where is your meeting mm-hmm. place in the mall? Mm-hmm. So you decide that when you get there yes. um, early on. Yeah. So to prevent some of those unwanted disaster yeah, events. Yeah, and just that reunification. We see that all the time with, um, for example, a school shooting. You mm-hmm. know, panicked parents who the school lets you know, don't you know, descend upon the school. We're meeting up at this other location and here's the phone number you can call or the website you can go to to get information because we are, we're frantic. We, don't, we didn't think about it in mm-hmm. advance. So that's a great tip is in any situation where there are potentially crowds or kind of chaos, where are we going to meet up? Uh, a specific location, but even maybe a generic one. If we ever get separated, let's meet where the car is parked. Or if we ever get separated, let's meet at the nearest Starbucks or something like that. Yes. Another tip I got when I did take your um, community emergency response training uh, in Denver was uh, to have a, a GroupMe account. Uh, and I don't recall if you suggested GroupMe specifically, but you said have some kind of Internet-based group chat because cell phone service could go down. Now, obviously, today we have Facebook and Instagram and all those other kinds of social media, uh, but I found it a lot of fun to have a, just a private a group with me and my family that we just started communicating daily just for fun, but we know it's available if we ever need it for an emergency. Um, and and how we define emergency varies. My son um, uh, dropped his phone in the ocean on vacation, and so he was able to reach me through GroupMe. He could go online um, or through someone else's phone. To he didn't have maybe not you may not have someone's number memorized, but you can mm-hmm. always go online and. And still get them, even if you lose cell phone service. So in an evacuation, in addition to just having this um, location where we know we can meet up and having communication um, uh, options, um, we need to evacuate when we're told to evacuate. Do you see that as a, as a continuing, ongoing issue that the evacuation alert goes out and people are determined to stay at home or people like you uh, who are saying, well, I'm going back for my dogs. I don't care what the the city officials are saying. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things when you, um, when you're told to evacuate, there's a reason Mm -hmm. and it's to keep your well-being. We're, we're thinking of the well-being of, of the people and the people, if they don't evacuate, um, we had two deaths in the black forest fire Mm. and they didn't, leave fast enough. Um, they were too busy gathering stuff at that particular point. And it's, it's, I've been told I'm a little cold. I took, uh, my husband grabbed the, um, two, three computers and our important documents and out we went. Okay. So it's just the matter of, you got to set your priorities of what you're going to take. I did have five changes of clothes. I figured after that I could Go to and get some more (laughs) (laughs) if I needed to. Um, But 
stuff is stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth your life. It's not worth your husband's life, your wife's life. It's not worth that. It's much better to just go away and let it go. Yeah. And take for that to, to just be it. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're asking to be out of the area is when the evacuation comes. The main trouble with evacuations um, opportunities that we have is traffic control mm. and how individuals without cars are going to go. Um, we do have set up with RTD where they will help us and other other um, people to help us too. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Well, great advice from Carolyn Bloom with Denver's Office of Emergency Management. And um, when we come back, we'll talk more about um, that disaster plan. Um, Important to evacuate when you're told to evacuate. Uh, But we have to practice and maintain the plan. It's one thing to have the plan on paper, uh, but we've got to practice it, as you talked about, anytime we're changing our smoke detector battery or testing it might be a good reminder or when we set our clocks forward or backwards would be a good reminder uh, to practice our plan. So when we come back, we'll talk more about emergency preparedness with Carolyn Bloom. Stay with us. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. France's election campaign commission says a significant amount of data from the campaign of Emmanuel Macron and been leaked on social networks following a hacking attack. The attack comes 36 hours before voting starts in Sunday's presidential runoff election between the centrist and far-right candidate Marine Le Pen. The French state cybersecurity agency says it will investigate. President Trump's order to ease limits on political activity by religious organizations has some supporters seeing a new freedom to preach their views. Others, on the other hand, fear the change will erode the integrity of houses of worship. Mr. Trump says the order will give churches their voices back. The Interior Department has identified 27 national monuments, mostly in the West, that may face the rolling back or elimination of protections put in place over the past two decades by presidents from both parties. Mr. Trump calls it a massive land grab. This is SRN News. 94.7 FM, The Word. If you are a Colorado veteran and you are not in a VA mortgage, you've probably been lied to. If you're a veteran and not in a VA mortgage, 99% guaranteed you are paying too high a rate, throwing away thousands of dollars a year to a bank that will never tell you they're taking you for a ride. As a vet, you're entitled to use a VA loan over and over again. You should be paying zero in mortgage insurance, and you can take out 100% of the value of your home for paying off credit cards. Your bank is never going to tell you how much you're throwing away 
away, but I will. I'm Brian Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, a local Colorado-only mortgage team that has helped hundreds of veterans to drop their mortgage insurance, save thousands, lowering their payments, and pay off high-interest credit cards. Call me and my local team for a painless five-minute conversation to see how much we can save you. Our number, 303-500-1900. That's 303-500-1900, or visit FrontRangeMortgage.com. And I'm last 378844 regulated by the Division of Real Estate. When you want authentic Mexican food, think Las Hermanas Mexican Cafe. At Las Hermanas, each Mexican dish is made with love. With over 30 years in the restaurant business, they bring a passion and flavor you will surely savor. Fresh made chips and salsa, authentic Mexican cuisine, and delicious desserts will keep you coming back again and again. Las Hermanas is a family-owned restaurant conveniently located in Aurora near Parker and I-225. The only thing better than their mouth-watering dishes is getting it for half price. That's right. Enjoy two Hermana specialties, normally $20, for only $10. Now that's tasty. And you can only get this deal at DenverHalfPrice.com. Which delicious dish will you choose? The fried tacos, steak a la Mexicano, stuffed sopapilla, or one of over a dozen choices? Visit DenverHalfPrice.com to get an authentic Mexican dinner for two for only $10. And head to Las Hermanas Mexican Cafe today. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Carolyn Bloom with Denver's Department of Emergency Preparedness and Homeland Security. Carolyn, thanks so much for being with us today. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. How, how can listeners um, get in touch with you or just learn more about... Um, uh, emergency preparedness and homeland security in Denver? Well, we're on the Denver website, which is denvergov.org. If you put a backslash OEM, mm-hmm. you'll be right there. Excellent. And I'll put a link to that on my website, drpegradio.com. So before we wrap up talking about our disaster plan, um, we really would be remiss not to mention people with disabilities because it's easy to say evacuate and, you know, grab your stuff as, as quickly as you can. I'm like your husband. Uh, I've got to grab my laptop. <laughs> yes. My I can't say my personal life is on my laptop, although it is. Got a lot of pictures, but my professional life, my livelihood is on my laptop. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to risk my life to go back in for the laptop, but I'm going to darn sure try to grab it on the way out. Yeah. So what about people with disabilities? Well, one of the things that with people with disabilities um, to know is that your home health care providers may not be coming. Mm. So you need to make a plan for that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try their best to get to you. But at the same time, um, it's very important for people who are aging at home um, and also with disabilities and temporary disabilities. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about those snow angels, that includes the ski accident that has a broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they don't have another accident walking down the sidewalk out, out to the garage. Huh? Exactly. And so that way um, we get the opportunity to take care of our people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, there's a lot of people that I know who have disabilities that take care of me. So it works both ways, but we need to make sure that we check on them, make sure that they're okay, make sure that um, they have a plan. Their plan has to be a little bit deeper than ours because um, we may be able to walk out of the event. 
where people with some people with disabilities may not be able to get out of an event mm-hmm. um, on their own. Yeah, and so that's where we make the um, the connection of make your calls three or four deep of who's going to come get you and take you yeah. to their house or yeah. take you to the sheltering facility. Mm-hmm. So when we have someone even temporarily visiting our home, maybe they do have a permanent disability, but they're with us temporarily, just like when your mom comes to visit, we really, it really is a good time to think about our plan whenever we have visitors or companies or long-term guests. Yes. Yeah. Great. So let's talk about uh, when we're at work. And so uh, if we're fortunate, our workplace has a disaster management uh, plan in place. They might even have an emergency management uh, official. I do a lot of work with institutions of higher education, and quite often there's a designated office or person who's in charge of not only developing the plan and implementing the plan, but um, exercising the plan and rehearsing the plan on a regular basis. And and areas are well marked for tornadoes, for example, and in public buildings. Uh, if, if your office is in a public building, it's a, some ways a lot easier because you don't necessarily have to be the one to develop the plan. It's someone else's responsibility at work. But what are some of the important things we need to be mindful of uh, in terms of disaster management and planning at work? Well, I'm a little over the top because of what I do. I've been in emergency <laughs> management. Yeah. But I actually have a drawer that will fit that will feed three people. <laughs> I'm coming <laughs> to your three office. Three days. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, you don't have to have food that that are are MREs. You can have food that you like to eat. What does MRE mean? Meals ready to eat. Okay. Yeah, they're the ones that they send with the soldiers. Oh, gotcha. And they're 3,500 to 7,000 calories a piece. Oh, boy. And so um, I'm not real, I don't, um, they're, I've been told they're very good. Uh-huh. Except I bet I have a can of tuna. Yeah. And so what I do is I, the food that I have in my drawer, I rotate it. Mm. I eat it and I replace mm-hmm. it. So, so it doesn't expire. <laughs> so it doesn't expire. Yeah. And so we work very diligently to help people understand what they need to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a planning person in your in your business, because a lot of small businesses don't have those types of planners that yeah. you were talking about, um, if you don't, maybe you can ask them to... If you can be the planner, mm. what you can do to help the small business to, yeah. to make plans. Because when you have a disaster, like in Manitou Springs where we had the flooding, we lost 50% of, approximately 50% of all small businesses that were in Manitou Springs. Yeah. That is sad because they worked in very, very hard. Those small business owners, they worked so very hard to keep their businesses running and in one flood, everything's gone. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them worked very diligently to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but now we have a big turnover in that particular area. It's a big impact on economically. Yeah. And um, even the people who live there yeah. have that, that troubles recovering. So it's not just about... Um, life, lives lost, which obviously is our first priority, but it also has, you could have 100% of everyone survive, but there could still be devastation following a disaster that if we can plan differently and more efficiently, 
uh, we might be able to prevent mm-hmm. some of that loss. So uh, disaster means different things. I, I have a, a an acquaintance who um, was in her office building on lockdown because of an active shooter event, mm-hmm. and um, they had not accounted for her. She was on lockdown, terrified, under her desk, hiding for hours at work, and was the only one in her workspace. I don't know if it was a you know, of the Friday after Christmas or something like that. But um, they kind of lost track of her and she was scared to use her cell phone to call out, you know, for help. (laughs) And so uh, you can imagine for hours and hours and hours, she probably did get hungry. She was terrified, uh, may have had to go to the bathroom. So those are really kind of those things that we should be thinking about that um, we may not want to think about. It's scary to think about Mm -hmm. in those little details of, yeah, what will I eat and how will I go to the bathroom um, and so we'll talk about that 72-hour um, kit that we learned about in the, the CERT class, Community Emergency Response Training class. Uh, but we could have um, a lockdown could be part of that disaster at work, a power outage. Uh, depending on the nature of your business, that could be really um, a disaster. Or if it's freezing cold in the middle of the winter and power goes out. Um, you mentioned flooding. Um, there could be a bombing. There could be network failures, bursted, uh, bursting pipes, um, HVAC failure, civil unrest. Those are all things that could happen while we're at work. And, again, if we're especially a small business, we probably don't have our own plan in place. Right. And with all of that, um, we do – the city of Houston – actually put together a video called Run, Hide, mm-hmm. Fight. We talk about that a lot in this program. And you can actually Google that, at, and it will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's your Homeland Security dollars at yep. work. <laughs> and I have a link to that on the homepage of my website, drpegradio.com. Thank and our, you. our sp- sponsor of this program is SSI Guardian, um, who's really set a new standard in advanced safety education and um and uh, services and even uh, solutions and products. Uh, and so we have um, a lot of t- uh, uh, guests who talk about uh, safety and, and active shooter preparedness and response on this program. So what should our emergency plan look like at work? Um, um, we need to plan for emergencies that can disrupt operations, uh, that can cause physical or environmental damage, or cause death or injury to employees and customers. Um, unplanned events uh, that we can prepare for are m- many of the ones that we've already talked about, including weather, but also events that are unique to your organization. So how do we go about putting that plan in place if we don't have an emergency manager on payroll? Well, if you go to ready.gov, it's a orga- it's, it's actually all the information you ever wanted to know about disasters is there. Um, They go into personal preparedness. They also go into business preparedness. They have a a document where you can fill in the blanks. Oh, right. (laughs) It's about 12 pages, and it makes it a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. It gives you guidance on what you need and what you should have. Um, Continuity of operations of if you have to relocate your business, can you open someplace else? If you're a retail business, it's a little bit more difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you're an office, can you actually do a virtual office yeah. and make plans to do that to see if you can make sure that things get done? Um, 
the emergency management office, we all have virtual capabilities, Mm -hmm. but we also have a second and third location to where if our, our office is no longer functioning and we have an emergency and we have to open up our operations center, then we could go someplace else. Mm -hmm. Um, If we have day-to-day operations and it floods the basement, we have to go somewhere else. And we have the opportunity to be able to go somewhere else and work day-to-day and work virtually. Great. So there's some solutions. It's just a matter of finding the right solution for your business. Excellent. And again, that's where our faith-based institutions or churches can come in handy is to have a pre-existing arrangement. Uh, for, For myself, for example, I'm an ordained minister with an organization called Global Change Network USA that's affiliated with my home church. And so I I have the capability to use a classroom over there or to use some space over there if I needed to. I have a pre-existing arrangement as one of the ministers in the organization. We can access that space. So that would be a, a great role that a, a church or faith-based uh, agency could pl- or organization could play. So before we go to our next break, let me give the listeners a quick little uh, quiz, um, a self-assessment on disaster recovery planning in the workplace. If you don't have an emergency manager on staff and you're, <laughs> you're doing that for yourself. So I pulled this off of um, um, uh, the emergency management uh, website uh, from the city of Denver. Uh, do you know the critical equipment, forms, or supplies that would need to be replaced in a disaster situation? That's a good thing to, to ask yourself. Do you know what other agencies would be affected by an interruption in your organization? That's a really critical one, agencies that depend on the services you provide. Yes. Do you know what outside services or vendors are replied, relied upon for normal operation? Because they may be in the disaster and not be able to supply you. Do you know your current backup procedures? Do you know if any critical backups are stored off-site? Do you know the temporary operating procedures in case of disaster? Uh, Do you know what staffing equipment, forms, and supplies are needed to perform high-priority tasks? How are you doing, listeners, on this self-assessment? A lot of things to think about. And my guest, Carolyn Bloom, with Denver's Office of Emergency Management, is providing us with some helpful information Uh, When we come back, we'll talk more about the Denver Community Emergency Response Training, Denver CERT. Don't go away. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident, such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based, advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark.
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And if you're ready to experience lasting change in your life, check out my book, Do Something Different for a Change, or think about attending my June 17th Personal Transformation Retreat in Denver. Go to drpegradio.com for more information. And my guest today is Karen Lynn Bloom, Community Relations with Denver's Office of Emergency Management. Carolyn, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you. Well, let's talk about uh, Denver CERT training. And we can find CERT training all over the country, Community Emergency Response Training. And that's where you and I first met. It was a wonderful training, a lot of information to take in. But what I learned, I started applying immediately. You gave us a lot of homework of, okay, when you go home, check this, check that, know where this is, know where that is, and I'll let you fill in fill in the details there. And uh, you had us um, create our own Um, emergency kits, which you've alluded to already, uh, things to keep in our car and things to keep at our home. I'll let you fill in the details there as well. I even learned how to use a fire extinguisher and put out a fire. And so now we have a fire extinguisher in our kitchen. So talk more about um, Denver CERT training and how um, our listeners can take advantage of it. Well, one of the objectives for the CERT training in Denver is to be able to train people how to take care of themselves, their families, and their neighborhoods. We don't want them to be responding to a fire when they don't know how to work wildland fires. Mm -hmm. We want them to be able to take care of themselves so we can go take care of the other things that we need to as government. Yeah. Um, And the goals is to make ourselves more resilient Mm -hmm. in the community and our communities more resilient so we can bounce back better um, than, and, during a disaster or during an emergency event, once it happens, it never goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. It always, you find a new normal. Yeah. And so we try to teach that to folks. We, te- we go over disaster psychology mm. so we can make sure that we keep ourselves mentally well. And that's where a lot of the spiritual care comes in because we need, some people seek their um, spiritual heart at, during a disaster mm-hmm. event. And they want to be able to make sure that they're um, they're taken care of, so they can take care of their children and their and their and a lot of families now they're elders, yeah. Because we're having a lot of our older um, our moms and our dads are coming to live with us, mm-hmm. so um, trying to take care of each other. Um, we do teach um, emergency medical. We don't go into CPR. We want you to keep people alive by. Instead of trying to work on someone who may be dead and won't mm. be come back, um, because once you start CPR, you mm. can't stop. Yeah. Um, so we we work on that. We also do the fire suppression, and during that unit, we also talk about where you where do you turn off your gas, where right. do you turn off your electricity, where's the water, yeah. and you learn all of those things during our class. Right. And it's like, oh my gosh, we yeah. really. And let um, me give you a quick little story on that. Uh-huh. Uh, the day before my daughter was leaving to go to college, she was doing some laundry and a pi- the uh, hot water heater burst. Oh, no. <laughs> and we panicked. We didn't know how to shut the water off. And so it flooded the whole area before um, my husband had just stepped away outside of the uh, outside. And so before we could, you know, figure it out and we had to call him back in and he knew where to uh, shut it off. But um, that was like such a simple thing. 
that um, not only did I not know, my daughter didn't know. And if my husband hadn't been available, the whole place would have flooded out. So Mm -hmm. those are really important things that just that we're talking about it right now. I would encourage listeners when the program is over to go figure out where those shutoff valves are in in your home. Um, Another one we go into is search and rescue. Mm -hmm. But it's urban search and rescue and light search and rescue. It's a totally different concept than trying to do it in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, So we go through those types of things to make sure that people have an idea. Our classes run about 20 hours, and then we have a big exercise. And the exercise that we're having um, that we just had April 29th, we um, had high school students who had taken our class, and they were the command staff. Mm. And so they were the ones who were telling the adults what needed to be done. Because once you get together in a group, you now have search and rescue. You now have the uh, medical team and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, George Washington High School's ROTC program um, just got done doing their training. And so I'm excited that they they did such a great job on their search and um, yeah. on the job that yeah. they do. We it, also have uh, a teenagers program. We have one each month in June mm-hmm. and July, mm-hmm. and those programs are the same exact thing that we teach the adults. Because when they leave their homes, they got to know how to take care of themselves. If they go to college in Michigan. They don't have anyone to take care of them. They have to learn how to take care of themselves. And then their dorm becomes their community mm-hmm. that they can take care of that community if they happen to have an evacuation or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about our high school program. Yeah, that's great because once you um, train and equip uh, young people early on, they've got those skills the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so let me share a little bit about um, what I learned, and because it was just so fascinating. Um, if you're not in the military or you're not in a medical field or ever received EMS training, you would never learn this stuff except through a class like CERT. Um, so we again we looked at potential fire hazards, uh, things as commonplace as a grease fire and not to pour water on a grease fire, but to smother it instead. I mean, this is really important information that you may have never been taught. Um, Things about um, heaters in the wintertime, which are so commonplace, electric heaters that could tip over and Mm -hmm. start a fire that way. Um, The highlight for me really was using that fire extinguisher, (laughs) putting out the, the showing, you know, the, the sweeping motion that you have to low and, you know, sweep low, hold it low and sweep. And, and um, those are just important um, skills to learn. We learned a little bit about triage, how to kind of evaluate uh, someone's condition and what to do next, how to do a head to toe assessment and make sure that, that, that uh, see what injuries they may have. Uh, We even learned how to, um, um, uh, employ basic treatments for various wounds and got to wrap with, um, you know, surgical kinds of uh, gauze and that kind of thing, which is, it was fun. But we learned it it wouldn't be so fun in a true emergency, but it was fun learning these skills in the class. Uh, And then a really important element of the training was um, learning to assemble our 72-hour kit, which you also recommend over time. We we add to it and be able to use it over the course of up to seven days. Talk about the kinds of things that should be in that kit besides food, which mm-hmm. you talked about already. Well, during our class, we have you a homework assignment to go fill up a bag. Mm-hmm. And so 
you look at things as multiple use, like a bandana can be used as a four by four if you don't have a sterile four by four. So it's multiple use mm-hmm. when you have those different things in the car. Um, the multi tools are awesome. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the best things to have. Flashlights, gloves, Battery, batteries for your flashlight, right? flashlight. Yes. Batteries for your flashlight. And, um, also, in my kit, I have a magazine that's in my car. It's a 2008 magazine. I don't remember what's in it, but if I'm bored, I'll be able to have something to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so th- it's all up to you on what you want for that 72-hour kit mm-hmm. in your car mm-hmm. um, other than food. When I talk about doing the um, food at home, what I suggest to each individual, because it can get expensive mm. if you do it all at one time. Mm-hmm. But if you do it one at a time, like you have a peanut butter open, you have one in reserve. As soon as you open up the reserve, you buy another mm-hmm. one. You always have peanut butter mm-hmm. for replacement. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it that way, in each week that you go to the grocery store, buy that one extra thing. Right. And then when you get done, you will have not only seven days worth of food, but you'll probably have more like two or three weeks worth mm-hmm. of food that, that you, you could share with someone else that yep. you could share mm-hmm. and you would have it in your pantry and it would be all taken care of and you wouldn't have to think about it again because you're rotating right. that food so and it doesn't expire one critical thing i don't want you to forget to mention is water oh yes and water. how much water really do we need we need at least a gallon per person um for each person in the household so if you have five in the household and one of them has four legs they get a, They have to have um, water too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to think about your pets. You got to think about um, your important documents. One of the things I want to make sure mm-hmm. I bring up is important documents. Important documents could be everything from marriage certificate, birth certificate, driver's license, and having copies of those um, documents. Mm-hmm. So that's an important item to have around too, because people from Katrina, when they came here to Colorado, they had very little identification. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I want to remind you that during, um, on May 10th, we are having our um, test, our siren test, mm-hmm. and it's only a test, <laughs> and it will be in, um, one minute long at 11 o'clock. So I want to make sure that I put that back in there, right, too. Great. So, um, and that gives you an opportunity during that alert to make sure that you try to do what you would normally do during that time. Yeah, excellent. A, a great reminder that um, when you hear those alerts or when it's uh, spring forward or daylight savings time, those are kind of the times to prompt you to think about your plan, look and see what's in your 72-hour kit. Could it last seven days? Uh, and this is a good uh, opportunity for our churches and faith-based organizations to get involved in helping the community. And you had a great suggestion about um, food pantries at churches. If you're a food pantry for a specific um, demographic, think about could you support the larger community in a disaster. Carolyn Bloom, thank you so much for all of your helpful information and being with us today. Thank you, Dr. Peg. Well, listeners, again, if you're feeling stuck and ready for change, now's your chance to experience lasting change. Register now for my June 17th Do Something Different for a Change VIP Personal Transformation Retreat. Go to drpegradio.com to reserve your spot. My guest has been Carolyn Bloom, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living well.